I'm Graham Mack and welcome to the Pod 20 at the end of a week when there's been a lot of talk about who should be the next James Bond. Idris Elba and Tom Hardy have been suggested by Pierce Brosnan. I'll ask the guys who present James Bond A to Z in a bit. And my special guest is the host of the podcast Two Trillion Thoughts. It's the syndicated US radio personality, Griff. Now, Griff, there are three people I've met in my life who bring me an instant feeling of joy just when I think about them. Number one is my wife, Julie. Another is the radio personality from Chicago, Jonathan Brandmeier. And the third one is you, Griff. Wow, Graham, that's... That's such a big deal because you know everybody. <laughs> but but just thinking about you just brings instant joy and a smile to my face. And it, it's great to, to find. Where are you right now? Um, I'm actually uh, in Dallas, Texas. Uh, probably when I met you, I was in Atlanta. I've been in Dallas the last five years. I'm on a, a nationally syndicated morning show, an inspirational show with Erica Campbell from the group Mary Mary. And we're on in every big city in America, except Los Angeles. Um, but this is where we broadcast from. But for the last year and a half, I've been broadcasting from uh, my studio right here in my home. Right. In Dallas. Yes. So where are you from? I'm from Los Angeles, California, born and raised, West Coast. Because I first met you. Yeah, you were working in Atlanta, but it wasn't in Atlanta I met you. It was in New Orleans in 2005, about three weeks before Hurricane Katrina came to Oh, man, I met you at the morning show boot camp. I'm talking about, I don't even think it was three weeks, dog. It might have been two weeks, It dog. was close, like, yeah. It was the same buildings we was at and the streets we were, we was there. That How crazy is that, right? I tell people... Like, it's hard to, that whole thing was a lot because I was like, we was just there. Yeah. And I had come out from England to go to the boot camp and I'd been to a few before and they have a session there. Well, I should explain what it is. It's, it's radio personalities from all over America and Canada and elsewhere. I think there were some, some people there from Africa that year. Yeah. And. Uh-huh. And, and we were there, and they have this session called Battle of the Bits, where each show gets up and talks about something they've done on the air in the last 12 months, and everybody else there uses that for inspiration to come up with their own bit, or they can just steal it and put it on the air when they get back home, and exactly. that's how it works. Exactly, yeah. but that's what they're encouraging. It's not really stealing, like, try it's this sharing. with your fans. Yeah, the yeah. whole vibe of the thing is like that. It's a sharing thing, isn't it? Yeah. So people are talking about all these stunts, and I remember there was one that involved a helicopter. I think it was called, was that the one, Screw Over Your Boss? Where it's No, Screw Over Your Ex, where, yes. where people, you know, did the wild thing in a helicopter over their ex's house and, and all the rest of it. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it comes to you. Do you remember what you said when you got up to speak? I don't. Tell me. I probably remember after you tell me. <laughs> you said, wow, these people. You got helicopters? You said at my station, we're lucky to have gas for the van. Yeah. <laughs> like, and when you was just telling that story again, I was like, man, them people had helicopters in 05. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't even got enough bumper stickers for everybody at this stop we're making, but y'all jumping out of helicopters. I 
Love American white people. <laughs> More from Griff in a bit and find out where his podcast, Two Trillion Thoughts, is on this week's chart. This is the Pod 20, heard on podcast radio on DAB in London, the home counties, Manchester, Birmingham and Glasgow, on demand in the USA at talkers.com, around the world on multiple platforms and as a podcast itself. Into the chart now, number 20, Anatomy of Murder. A murder case has many layers, the victim, the crime and the investigation. To truly understand it, you need to dissect each piece of a tragic puzzle. 19. Law. Dark historical tales and mysterious creatures, tragic events and unusual places that fill the pages of history because sometimes the truth is more frightening than fiction. 18. West Cork. In West Cork, it's simply known as The Murder. In 1996, a French film producer was found dead near her holiday home. There are no witnesses and no known motive. The police suspect one man in the community, but they can't make a charge stick and he refuses to leave. West Cork is at number 18. 17. Behind the Bastards Bad guys and gals are eternally fascinating. This is a podcast about the worst humans in history and exposes the bizarre realities of their lives. 16. On Purpose with Jay Shetty Fascinating conversations with the most insightful people in the world. 15. The Breakfast Club, the world's most dangerous morning show. The Breakfast Club with DJ Envy, Angela Yee and Chalamet, the God. Number 14 is Leading with James Ashton. James, you went to St Andrews University in Scotland and you got into journalism via the student paper. It was closer to home, I think. I mean, there was a suggestion that there might be a student radio station at some point in St Andrews. But, you know, I, I thought uh, the, the paper was great because it was, unlike a lot of student papers, it wasn't attached to, to the student union. It was true independent student journalism. They had found a business model um, that worked. There, there were St Andrews was on the milk round, so um, the paper got a lot of the um, the good advertising in for people like Procter and Gamble and PwC who wanted to hire on the milk round. So that that sort of income plus the cover price actually was something that sustained them. So as a result, um, you could be a really opinionated. It was a really strong paper, and I thought, yeah, this this is this is for me. So your first professional gig, how did that go? Where was that? Well, after St. Andrews, I did a year at City University in London, which was the postgraduate in newspaper journalism, and uh, which is a great year. You meet lots of people, um, you, you learn what you think you need to know, and then they also make you do shorthand every morning at 9am, um, which you know, does come in handy. You realise it, ha- it comes in handy. They, they know what they're doing. And so my first job was at Reuters. Right. Um, but um, on and on a desk, there were various specialist desks. So I joined one covering advertising and media. So, um, you know, going into Soho and meeting a lot of the agencies and, and so on and writing about that industry and, and consumer trends. So a good start. That must have been really exciting living in London. And you're now, you're in the environment. You're in the environment of where the news, the big national newspapers are done. Yeah, I think it was it was really exciting. I think it's quite a, a shock to the system. I, I had that shock to the system coming to do City. But if you think I've been in a small town in Yorkshire and then I'd been in an even smaller town in Scotland and um, and then it was straight to London. So, yeah, that was quite a shock. 
But yeah, you realize you have to um, embrace it. You have to, well, uh, you have to start building that network and meeting people and finding out how, how this industry works. And how cutthroat was it back there? Because they were enormously powerful. Before the internet, the newspapers in this country were, were enormously powerful. I think from going in through Reuters, I felt that there was more to life than than what we would think of even today as the core Fleet Street titles. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think they were. I think they were cutthroat. I think there could be tough places to be. I mean, I had a sh- short spell at a, at a couple of them um, after Reuters, and um, yeah, it was there were sink or swim environments, and and of course, this is not the way that we're meant to learn these days. You're meant to be helped along and so on, but um, but actually to 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 flop at a few things can be quite helpful later on. Actually, that's something that's something that leaders tell me on the podcast. I'm not always sure it's true, but I think it is. <laughs> it's it's great to be able to look back twenty years or so, Graham, and say, look, I totally mucked that up, but actually, I was much better next time. Do you think that kind of in at the deep end experience then is? It sounds like you think that was better than the way it is now, where everybody's mollycoddled a little bit. There could be something at the deep end now. Um, you know, maybe maybe we don't see it in uh, in you know where we're sat but i think those i think some of those things that that i learned from getting it wrong i mean if i'm going in to interview somebody now i will um I, you just it's like being a cub scout be prepared you know who are they um and and before i did the podcast i would interview these ceos you you work hard to get into the room with them to get a level of trust you've got your 50 minutes or 1 hour so the worst thing you can do is turn up and go so what do you do then? So I think that's, uh, and I was, uh, and I think it's so, you know, rather than ask the CEO of Tesco, what does Tesco do? You know, dive in and go, well, you know, why did this go wrong? Or tell me about your background or something. So I think it actually um, being unprepared early on has, has made me a lot more prepared um, in the later years and making sure I don't waste their time and they're not wasting mine. Can you be over-prepared for an interview? Um... I think it's uh, there's something I always try and avo- try and avoid, which is which is the point maybe ten minutes in when they realise I've I've done the equivalent of stalking them, and <laughs> and I think I think there's a there's a key. I think you have to know everything, and then it's a in your own mind as and when if you reveal that you know that they're um uh you know that th- th- their father went to university at x or um you know their third job after college was y or, or something so i think you um you uh, it, it only it only looks like you're over prepared i think if it's if it's disconcerting for them i think it's helpful for them to know that um it's not sort of a jack and jill interview or or whatever whatever you would call it you know the interview will step up to a certain level this guy knows what he's talking about therefore i will give him um, you know, the the slightly more involved and more interesting answer, hopefully. Yeah. Well, your podcast is at number 14 this week, leading with James Ashton. 13, Rob Beckett and Josh Widdicombe's Lockdown Parenting Hell. It's parenting, just not as you know it. And at number 12, Edith. Rosamund Pike stars as Edith Wilson. It's a scripted comedy podcast exploring the untold Truish story of America's secret first female president. After President Woodrow Wilson suffered a massive paralyzing stroke in the White House, Edith Wilson did the unthinkable. She told no one. 
and for almost a year following the end of World War I, Edith Wilson acted as the de facto unelected president. She would sign orders as him. She would fire people as him. She'd even cause international incidents as him. Edith is at number 12 this week on the Pod 20. 11. Monday Morning Podcast Bill Burr rants about relationships, sport and the Illuminati. Number 10. Drama Queens Brooke, Peyton and Haley are your BFFs. Number 9. Revisionist History Malcolm Gladwell's journey through the overlooked and misunderstood. Number 8. Daily Euros The latest UEFA Euro 2020 news, insight and analysis from Mark Chapman, Steve Crossman, Emma Saunders and the rest of the BBC Radio 5 Live Football Daily team. Number 7. Freakonomics Radio Discover the hidden side of everything with Stephen J. Dubner, co-author of the Freakonomics books. Number 6. Two Trillion Thoughts Hosted by the nationally syndicated US radio personality Griff. Griff, you grew up in Los Angeles, you served with the US Army in Europe, and you got your first radio gig in Atlanta. Yeah, so I moved to Washington, D.C. after I left Germany. Right. And because my kids were there, my ex-wife was stationed at the National Security Agency, NSA, um, at Fort Meade in Maryland. So I moved close to to my kids, like 10 miles away in a city called Columbia. And I I started comedy there. But then a lady saw me in 1997 opening up for Mark Curry, who was then on Hanging with Mr. Cooper. And she was on a radio in Baltimore. And she was like, and and then a year later, I came on a radio with them and he moved to Atlanta and he brought me with him. So my radio career was quick because oh, I he, mo- he moved to a new city and needed a, a co-host. And so he thought and of he, you, but he, it was like years later. That was like 19 months later. So imagine me and you doing this gig right here. And then in almost two early 2023, you say, Griff, I'm about, I just got a TV show. I want you to be on the show. That's my life, man. I'm always in the right place. How did you end up doing stand up in South Africa? I'm going to tell you. So when I was with JJ and Dom in New Zealand, Zealand, at the comedy show, my last day um, at the comedy, like the last show on Saturday night, I'm outside, I'm signing autographs. And this white lady who looked like uh, the lady that drove the truck from Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure, she looked like, tell them Large Marge sent you, right? Uh, (laughs) So... (laughs) She said, hey, man, she was smoking a cigarette. She was like, you're really funny. I said, thank you so much. She said, I'm here because my daughter uh, is dating this New Zealand guy, and I wanted to meet him, and I don't like him. I said, I don't like him either. <laughs> um, and she said, have you ever been to Africa? I said, I went in 01. I went to South Africa uh, with a radio uh, trip. She said, I'm South African. And she said, they're going to love you in Africa. And she went on to tell me that her and her husband were partnering 
with a man named Joe Parker to build the first comedy club in South Africa inside Monte Casino in April of the next year. I was their first international act. And uh, yeah, that's, that's crazy, right? That's the crazy. I love that story because what if I wouldn't have came to New Zealand? Yeah. Even my job now, when I got this job in, in, in April of 2016, this, this guy I know, but I didn't know him well. He called me on the 14th and he was like, Hey, there might be a space for you in this syndicated space. I'm going to call you back. Are you interested? I was like, yeah. He called me a couple of days later. He was like, I'm going to send you a non-disclosure agreement. He didn't send it. I was like, ah, another radio, you know, yeah. you know how it is. Yeah. Uh, they tell you they need you. They need you. Then they go get somebody else. But they was excited that you would. <laughs> but then he sent the non-disclosure agreement the next week around Tuesday. So I'm like, man, I, you know. Well, how'd you, why me? He said, I, I remember when we were in Miami for this radio thing and you was making everybody laugh and I was on a, one of the shuttles going back and forth and you just had everybody cracking up. That was 10 years wow. prior to this phone call. This is the impression you make on people, Griff. I'm so blessed though, because what if I was with a you. jerk? <laughs> what if I was a jerk to you? What if I was a jerk to, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm yeah. planting seeds that I don't even know. Yeah. But the seeds that grow in people grow way different than a seed that grow in the earth. Ooh, that's good. That is good, Griff. You should write that down. Two Trillion Thoughts with Griff is at number six this week on the pod 20. Into the top five now, and at number five, Conan O'Brien needs a friend. After 25 years at the late-night desk, Conan has never made a real and lasting friendship with any of his celebrity guests. So, he started a podcast to fix that. Conan's latest guest is Bill Burr. Number four, Football Weekly from The Guardian, with Max, Barry, and special guests from across Europe. Three is Love Island, The Morning After the only official Love Island podcast. Number two, Stuff You Should Know. If you've ever wanted to know about champagne, Satanism, the Stonewall Uprising, Chaos Theory, LSD, El Nino, True Crime and Rosa Parks, then look no further. And at number one, for the third week in a row, Comfort Eating with Grace Dent. In episode three, Grace's guest is the actor Rafe Spall. That's it for episode 62 of the Pod 20. Thanks to this week's guest pod stars, Griff and James Ashton. Next week, my guests include Tom Wheatley and Brendan Duffy from James Bond A to Z. According to Daniel Craig, he's not going to make any more Bond films. So who should be the next James Bond? We did a, a Q&A on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. And my answer was Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If it can't be Pierce Sorry Brosnan, about who, who are you going to who are you going to pick, Brent? If you can't pick Pierce Brosnan as the next James Bond, oh, it's such a difficult question, isn't it? Because everyone's vying for it, and you don't know which angle they're going to go for. Um, the age is a thing as well. What age are they going to go for? It's going to have to be somebody mid thirties. You know, a- anybody older than that. 
you talk about Idris Elba. He's too old now. I would I would have loved he is Idris Elba there, to, yeah. to have I would, a crack I think he'd him. make a great James Bond, but you're right. He's too old now. He is too old. Yeah. yeah. So it's difficult. Yeah. It's, it's hard. Yeah. I can't give you an answer, I don't think. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it might head towards Henry Cavill, but we'll see. Which one's he? What's he been in? He's Superman, Superman. at the moment. Oh, okay. Nah. No, I can't see that. That's it's, not what a, necessarily what I want. <laughs> Yeah. It's very hard to in in um back in the early days of Bond there were so many like you know tip offs and things that, that who the next bond was going to be and you kind of you could kind of see what was happening but nowadays it's so difficult to gauge because there's so many people in the running for it and so so many options it, it completely depends on what ha- what format they go down yeah. um, for the next bond films we've talked a bit about going back to like the old days like the 50s and 60s and, and doing it that way and that will completely de- dictate who does it i actually think somebody like um uh, jamie bell um okay we've yeah. talked about this a few times yeah. is an interesting move because he's, he's not, done he's yeah. done some hard man parts hasn't he? he's done like what was that skinhead in america part and he was good in that i forget what that film was called yeah, yeah well, he's, he's definitely getting towards this I, I like the idea of bond becoming a bit more real and you see that a bit with with craig but craig he's he's kind of more real in that he's you know there's more violence and stuff but he's also quite ridiculous in some ways as a spy he still pulls the cuffs well doesn't he when he's when he's jumped off the rooftop or whatever he still does yeah. that yeah i just i just want to see a bond and i think somebody like jamie bell would, would do it well where you're not running across rooftops chasing a man who's like basically flying through the sky um because n- not any human could do that i think i'd want to see somebody who's really really like a spy and what they would do in that situation yeah tom butler f- actually said a couple of weeks ago riz ahmed would be a good shout and i I'm, I agree. I, Riz Ahmed, like which one's him... he? What's he been in? Um, what's his biggest role, would you say, Tom? I'm not sure, actually. I'll, show, I'll Google. Let me Probably quick... Star Wars. Which one? Who, yeah, what was he in Star uh, Wars? Yeah. Let me just, let me Google it. Riz, how do you suppose his last name? Oh, there A-H. he is. Yeah. There he is. Hold on. Yeah, Let's he, have a look. He's British in loads actor. of stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. He doesn't look tough enough to me. I reckon he'd make a good baddie. But yeah. I don't know if he'd make yeah. a Bond. But they can all sort of bulk up, can't they? Because Daniel Craig, when he got the role, he didn't look like he does now. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about him bulking up, but you see Roger Moore and Piers Brosnan in a couple <laughs> of their films, and I don't think they bothered bulking up very much. Well, they did round the guts, especially Roger Moore in the last <laughs> the later one. Goodness yeah. me. You to um, a kill. Yeah. We have a female doctor in Doctor Who. Could there ever be a female James Bond? Ooh, this is the, the big question, isn't it? Well, again, it, it would depend what, what what angle there. So you're not ruling yeah. it out. You're not no, ruling it out. No, uh, absolutely not. No. Um, no. It needs to be done in the right way yeah. and um, it, to be justified. But yeah, there's no, no reason why. Why not? I mean, it's a fictional character. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. they've got complete freedom to do what they want. Yeah. Yeah. They, th- there's been, um, it, back in the, uh, well, it's actually, early 2000s Barbara Broccoli who's now one of the the producers on it um she was looking at starting a I, I don't know if you remember the um one of the fi- the female lead in uh, Die Another Day who was um Halle Berry she was playing a character called Jinx H- Halle Berry um, yeah oh yeah. yeah yeah so what uh Barbara Broccoli wanted to launch a film about Jinx basically have a spin-off of Bond which was about Jinx who was essentially a female Bond yeah and I think that was a good way of doing it where you're creating a new character 
it doesn't have to be the same character and that was the idea so i'm not ruling that out i think that's probably the a good route to go to go forward where you create these new characters and they, they can be male or female but i definitely don't think there's you know it could be a woman but i don't think it's going to happen for for a while it would turn upside down all those accusations of, of sexism, particularly with the Connery Bond. Um, yeah. Yeah. The names of the female characters didn't help. Um, no, you can't. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I, yeah. Remember, I remember getting into a lot of trouble on, on TFM when I did the breakfast show up there for a few years. And we came up with this game called Spy or Spice. And we'd give the listener a name, and it was either the name of a female character in a James Bond film or the title of a porno movie. <laughs> and the listener had to tell us whether it was Spy or Spice. So, of course, we had Pussy Galore and, you know, yeah. we had uh, Miss Goodhead and all. We had, we had them all in there. I mean, they were... But we got, yeah. in, got into a lot of trouble with it. But the, I wonder why Fleming did that with those early ones, because they were just so cheesy. Just, it was yeah. almost like Benny Hill had written James Bond, wasn't it? It was like a carry-on film, wasn't it? It yeah, was. Um, yeah, yeah, it didn't help oh, well, at it, all. And also, it got to the point where they were rubbish. <laughs> like they, they, they weren't even clever names anymore. They were just like <laughs> didn't mean anything. Yeah. yeah, and unfortunately, that's what gets rerun. How many times have you seen that scene from Diamonds Are Forever where she goes, "I'm plenty," and Connery goes, "Of course you are." I mean, how many yeah. times can they rerun that scene? It's not, it's not helping yeah. things at all. Yeah, no, but but no. even more more recently when they did it with Christmas Jones, and you just think she's yes. she's only called Christmas so they can do that line, do that one joke, yeah, 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 which was straight out of a Roger Moore line, like like the end of <laughs> Spy Who Loved Me kind of line, you know, the keeping the British yeah. end up and reentry and all that. Yeah, I, ca- stuff I can't that imagine Piers left the set that day thinking that was a good day. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. This dialogue is so good. <laughs> Who writes this stuff? Yeah. What about the new film? What's going on with that? Well, hopefully it might get released at some point. That'll It'll be, be out nice. of date by the time it does. It will be a period piece by the time it comes out. <laughs> yeah. You'll get your wish. Yeah, well, they've yeah. already had to go back and um, change the, the phones in, in the movie. Have because they? they're out of date, yeah. So already they're out of date and they've had to go back and rejig yeah. it and change things, yeah. All right. So... That's, well, that's a difficult thing to... when it comes to branding because all these all these brands are involved and they've got their products in and if the products are out of date, it's massive deals that are suddenly affected. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was meant to be released in 2019 and here we are, halfway through 2021 and... There's no still, date, is there? Still got to wait. I it's saw end the... of September now. End of September, hopefully. I, oh, oh, I see. I'd, I'd heard, I've, I'm obviously you'll know more than me, I'd heard they were going to release the trailer in October, but maybe not then. They are. It's a bit earlier than that. Yeah, it was. It the film was coming out in October, and then they've moved it, uh, moved it again yeah. to the. Oh, they've moved it again. September. Yeah, so they've, they've got a lot of talk earlier. about the premiere now. It's meant to be the most expensive premiere ever, I think. Um. So yeah, it's, it's going to be a big deal. Yeah, because yeah. it's basically the return of cinema. You know, after this long mm. lockdown, isn't it? This is signaling. Yeah. So that's actually quite fact. clever. If you were going to reopen the cinemas, you want a, a marquee event to do that. And that could be the yeah. way to do it. So it actually might yeah. work in their favour, especially as it, yeah. will it be, will it be Daniel Craig's last one as well? Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, yeah, it, it's meant to be. We did yeah. say that last time. Yeah. yeah. He said that twice. So we'll see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you think he actually meant it or was that a negotiating tactic? <sighs> it's hard it's to difficult. tell. I think, Go on. I think, I think there's, um, it's it's difficult with the the, the uh, all of these series, and this happens quite a lot, and it happens with Sean as well, where 
they want to leave, but then something drags them back. And it's not necessarily money. It might be there's actually a good script that's better than the ones they've done done before. And I think with with um, with Craig, it definitely seemed like from what we read that it, it was just it's just a good script. And he suddenly thought, I want to do that. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, it seemed to drive him to do it. All the the negative comments at the end of filming. You think they've, it's been grueling, you know, it's a, the film yeah. schedules are really sort of strict and long. So you're working on it months and months on end, you know, and then as soon as you wrap and you do, you've done all the uh, promotion for it and somebody asks you, will you play Bond again? I mean, you're going to, you're going to give them a negative answer, aren't you? Like, yeah. You've basically just been on the road for the last six months. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, the, you know, you can understand where he's coming from when he says, oh, I don't want to do it anymore uh, yeah. after each film. But we'll see. Yeah. Do you think there will be another film after this one? Because that would be a good time to stop. Um, Another Craig one. Just, just another James Bond film. Whether this, because they they ran out of the Fleming books what twenty years ago. uh, Um, Well, they they just. I think they probably need to um, just rejig it again and just come up with a new concept. One of the problems that we've got with the, the the current series of Bond is that it's a it's one big story. So Daniel Craig's from the first film to the end of it, it's a big story arc about him and yeah. his character as Bond. Yeah. So you basically got to start it again and how they start it again, yeah. is going to, it's going to have implications for, you know, the success. And I think that's why we're talking about it going back to maybe, maybe being set in the fifties and sixties because yeah. it, it will shake it up a bit and it'll make it a bit more interesting. I, other than that, I don't know quite know how they'd continue it in the, in the current way. Yeah. I mean, I'd be surprised I'd be surprised if it was the last Bond. I'd be very, oh, very yes. surprised. Yeah, yeah. It's I still making a lot of money. Yeah. 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 There's that There's that showbiz thing about it's not how you start, it's how you finish, and you want to go out on top and leave them wanting more. But then there's the money involved, and even a crappy <laughs> one is guaranteed to make somebody some money yeah. along the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you've got the and the, the way the world is going at the moment, most films and things are suddenly being turned into series on various streaming channels so there's always there's a lot of questions around that is that going to happen as well for the bond series will it become yeah. that could be, that could be a up? place to do the period one is to do a, yeah. a tv mm. mini series but it's like cold war bond yeah, yeah that would be a place to do that and then you could still do your blockbusters with a you could even use a different actor and everything in it yeah yeah and you can break out the actors as well yeah yeah if they did go down the bond universe way yeah. There's huge scope for it. That's where you'd get your female lead, you know, and they create a new character within the Bond world. And yeah, I think there's definitely room for it. I mean, look what Disney are doing with Marvel. It's yeah. vast. You know, yeah. they're just expanding all yeah. the time. And I think there's, there's room for that with Bond. I think you're right. The guys from James Bond A to Z, one of my guests next week on the Pod 20. In the meantime, you can watch extended video chats with my guests on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel. And what will happen on the podcast radio chart next week? Will Comfort Eating with Grace Dent be at the top of the chart for a fourth week? Will your favourite podcast be at number one? Find out with me, Graham Mack, and influence the chart. Make a recommendation at thepodcastradio.co.uk. Faith in the news media has been challenged, making it even harder to get stories told. 
The Friday Reporter podcast was created to help audiences better understand the media by hosting journalists who will answer the questions to which we need answers. Join me every Friday to hear more.